Welcome to Where Does Food, the food history podcast where we podcast about the history of food. I'm your lead host this time, what? Tim. Tim, what's up, man? You're driving. And that's L. driving the train today. Yeah, I'm L. Yeah, it's been a while. It's been a while. That's the way we lined this up, you know. It's uh, season three, a little bit different. Um, but that's okay. I got, I got some episodes lined up, ready to go. And today's episode that I get to host so wonderfully is about Hostess. Burr, 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 burr. Host Snacks. Delicious. Which is exciting. Yes. Yeah, I, I like Hostess. How do you feel about Hostess, Elle? Man, I I enjoy a good Hostess snack. I haven't had them recently. Oh, yeah. That doesn't um, necessarily You know mean... what? What? To prepare myself for this episode, yeah. I bought I bought Hostess cupcakes. Oh, fantastic. Uh, okay. Two days ago. Yeah. And? Two days ago. They're sweet. Yes. But I'll, I'll tell you what. They're better than I remember. Oh. I, I think... Well, I think in my brain, I don't know why, but in my brain, I always thought of like the Hostess cupcake as kind of a dry thing. Yes, you know what I mean. Um, yeah, they're not at all. Oh, like at all. They're super. They're super moist. I didn't. Okay. Insanely moist cake. They're just. They're just a little sweet. Which obviously, it's not like a super complex sweetness. Although the chocolate cake is really solid. That that sponge is is real good. I kind of want to try some now. Yeah, and, and, and I'm sure you're wondering. Uh, why would you, why would you like, you know, get the cupcake and not the Twinkie? I was actually wondering. Yeah, everyone was. It's because, uh, the cupcake is actually their number one selling snack over the Twinkie. That is not an old statistic. That is as recent as 2021. What? So, I didn't, I didn't anticipate that. Yeah. And we'll get a little bit into that and as to maybe why that's the case. Not like heavily into that. That sounds misleading. <laughs> it, we'll just, we'll briefly go over it. posted one of these. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, all right, so Hostess has 22 products. That's just products. That's not, that's not including, like, the different flavor choices because they offer, like, the vanilla cupcake and, like, banana Twinkies and, and mint Twinkie. Like, you know what I mean? They, they offer a bunch of different versions of their products. Okay. I'm not talking about those. No, we're talking about... I'm talking about just the baseline. Like, they offer 22 different things, and then they offer a variety of those 22 things. So 22 products. Uh, by the way... Uh, some of them are hot dog buns and bread. I don't know if you knew Did this. Did not know that. No. Okay. Ho- hosted, hosted branded stuff. Not, not Wonder. Which, if you also didn't know, they own Wonder. Uh, <laughs> so it's not Wonder Bread. Yeah, it's not. They still own that, but like it's not. They also have like hosted okay. bread and buns. Weird. Uh, so out of 22, where do you rank hostess snacks? I'm going to give it a solid like 15. Solid 15 yeah. out of 22. That's a good, that's good. It's pretty good. I think we talked a little bit, I think we talked a little bit about in Little Debbie, how like <laughs> as much as we love little baked snacks, we don't really eat them a lot. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> because... <laughs> Because when you see them in the store, you're like, I don't know if I need that. I don't need all that sugar. It's fine. I don't know if I need that. Don't I need definitely that. like, because I, I, I don't know about you. I stop at convenience stores often. <laughs> okay, yes. And, you know, they sell them all the time. Hostess and Little Debbie, like in convenience stores. And yeah, I don't know what it is. Maybe it's just like loving myself a little bit. I don't know. But every time I see it, I'm just like, you know what I mean? There's no way I'm going to eat that this morning. Like, I can't do it. Every so- Talk to me like 10 Talk to me 10 years ago. Uh, you know, I'd be grabbing a honey bun. You oh, know? man, I love <laughs> so. the honey buns. They're so good. So good. Hostess honey buns. They're incredible. I'm about to get some snacks All after right. this, Tim. Thank you. So, uh, you ready to unwrap this snack? <laughs> oh, yes. Oh, oh, fuck. Okay. He's back. He's back, He's back ladies and gentlemen. Hey, 
Hey guys, welcome to the ad section. I'm here to tell you real quick about Anchor by Spotify. You may have heard us talk about Anchor at the end of our episodes. is because Anchor is the platform we use to distribute our podcasts. It's totally free. It helps us distribute our podcasts to different platforms. That's how we're on Apple Podcasts. That's how we're on Google Podcasts, CastBox, you name it. They've helped us do that. You can record directly on the app, on the webpage. They don't even need a super fancy setup. It's super straightforward, totally free. So download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started on your podcast or whatever you like to do. All right, guys, enjoy the rest of the episode. No balls. So, the history of Hostess, we're going to go all the way back to 1849. Oh, oh wow. Okay. I didn't realize we're going back to 1849. Yeah, so, okay. Yeah, 1849. Robert Ward Boyd, uh, he opened up Ward Baking Company in New York City in 1849. Um, and this is like the, the very beginning. This tracks, ends up tracking into Hostess. In 1921... His grandson, William Ward, formed United Bakeries. It was then renamed four years later in 1925 to Continental Baking, in which they were underneath that for a while. And I'll get to that in a second. In 1924, Continental Baking acquired Wagner Baking Company of Detroit. And then in 25, uh, they bought Tegart Baking, which is the maker of Wonder Bread. <laughs> okay, wow. So, All right. And at the time, so at the time, they were the largest bakery in the States. When we talked about Little Debbie, it was like this cute little family owned. Mm -hmm. I don't know if it was depression era, but like it was, you know, around that time early. Yeah, it was early. Like, and it's just like family owned. And I think now like it's still family owned, but like another food company like owns them, but like, it's not, you know, they're not, I don't think they're public. I think they were also private in that. I was just blown away when you, when you were giving that information of that episode, I was just like, wow, I did not know that little, like for such a fucking big brand. Um, Hostess is the complete fucking opposite. Let's go. Okay. <laughs> As you can tell, the guy's grandson, just in his time frame, they acquired like three bakeries, renamed like two times. <laughs> like the mergers and acquisitions, uh, that were the money that goes around in this place is unreal. Yeah, it's it's insane. Because uh, around that time, they also ended up owning Hall Baking and Panopus Baking as well. <laughs> Again, mm. so there's like four or five bakeries okay, that they just yeah. own. It, so they own Wonder. They just own a bunch of these like different snacks, just different companies that do all that stuff. And for a while, around this time, Wonder was for all their bread products and then Hostess was for their cake products. That was kind of how they divided it. Then in 1995, you go all the way back up, 1995, Continental Baking merged with in, um, Interstate Baking Corporation. The merger was essentially like Interstate Baking kind of took over at the end of it. You know what I mean? It was one of those. Okay. Yeah. So then later they would become Hostess Brands, but we'll get to that. So for <laughs> most of the 20th century, they were Continental Baking. Right around the end, they turned into Interstate Baking. And then pretty early into the aughts, they would uh, become... Hostess brands. Ultimately, their so final that's form. like yeah. So that's just a brief. I just wanted to run through a brief little history, kind of what their beginning was, because I, a little spoiler here for this episode. I didn't want to just talk about. I didn't want to talk about what. Nothing against William Ward. <laughs> I didn't want to talk about him though. You know what I mean? I didn't want to do like the normal. 
this isn't going to necessarily be the most normal, like, here's where they started, and let's build up through until modern time. If I'm being completely honest, the reason why I wanted to talk about Hostess was because of the bankruptcy. Oh. Because of the fact that Hostess was off of the shelves at a point in my lifetime. Um <laughs> And I always thought that was so interesting, and I knew nothing about it because I was a little bit too young to fully understand what was happening. Same, yeah, yeah. And so this is that's just a little setup for kind of how because I, I, I did I just brushed through the history pretty quickly, so I yeah. don't want people to feel I don't want people to feel like oh my god, well that's the that episode. It. It's not. Don't worry, I got more. We're going to talk about a few of their snacks. I want to talk about kind of the big three, or at least the big three that I think of. Uh, no disrespect. Um, zingers are not in this big three. No. No disrespect to zingers. They're just not in my big three. Don't at me. Or do. At Tim Weehan on Twitter. <laughs> and at Where Does Food. You can just add us there. There you go. Yes. That's the place to add us at. <laughs> Never stop plugging. <laughs> All right. Hostess snacks. Let's get into them a little bit. So I've already mentioned this. Her top selling baked good was the is the cupcake. Yeah. Surprisingly. Uh, it's Again. not the Twinkie. It's the cupcake. And they came out with the cupcake in 1919. Oh, shit. Which is, so this is kind of when people officially recognize it as Hostess, by the way. 1919. Okay. Because the cupcake was their first Hostess Ooh, snack, essentially. yeah, okay. That's like the, like, so the bake, like the bakery started with his grandfather. It didn't really, you know, form until later. Yeah, so Hostess came with the cupcake in 1919. Uh, no one knows who invented the cupcake. I couldn't, I literally it's, it's a mystery. Like, genuinely, no one knows who, like, invented that bitch. They just know that, like, Hostess came out with it at some point. But we do know. We do know that it did not it did not debut with those little white curly Q icing line on top. That was added later by a man named Doc Rice. Thank you, Doc. It's a sick name. Doc Rice, he started with the company in 1923, so a few years after the cupcake was uh, made and released. He was only 17 years old when he started. Oh my gosh, so, young buck. Young lad. By 1948, he was the director of production for the cake division. Okay, look at you. Yeah, Hello, so he moved on up. Moved on up. So World War II kind of fucked up the sales of the cupcakes. Shock, okay. Uh, we've talked about World War II, and we're going to talk about World War II even more later in this season. So I'm going gonna, I'm, I'm gonna to bre- go briefly over World War II. We've talked about the sugar and all the, you know, uh, why am I losing that word? Help me out. Mm, the sugar, the alcohol. Shortages. The, not shortages, but, you essentially know. Essentially shortages. Um, production. Yeah, shortages. Factories switching production. Or shutting off production yeah. of certain uh, products. Yeah. Yes. To kind of revive, because again, this was 48, so things are, like, internment camps are getting shut down, finally. So, like, things oh are, gosh, as a country, record. things are moving. And he was tasked with redeveloping the recipe, essentially. It ends up being a better cake afterwards. The chocolate icing is uh, more pure chocolate. Like, it's not as, doesn't have as much fillers. And then he added the, uh, the white line of icing. And then very shortly after that line, it would then be a little curly Q pattern. That's fun. Okay. On top. Yeah. So that's who did it. Doc Rice is the, essentially the creator of the iconic look for the cupcake. So whenever you see that bad boy, that's a, think of Doc. Yeah, that's a surprise because I, for some reason, my brain just automatically thought that whenever this cake was invented a cupcake was invented i was like oh yeah that's it's exactly how it looks like from what we know as it now yeah. but it's like no there's very there's variations yeah. to this yeah there's levels yeah. To this. it developed and you'll not be surprised then to know that the twinkie goes through the same thing 
Um, Ooh. 11 years after the release of the cupcake, bakery manager Jimmy Dewar created the Twinkie. He sure did it. And he got the name after a billboard ad uh, for a shoe place called Twinkle Toe Shoes. <laughs> I don't know why. I, I guess he saw that. that. He was like, yeah. Yeah. And so the Twinkie was made during the Depression. 1919. Solid. It came out in 1930. October of the year prior, we went full fucking depression. So, and that was kind of the reason they made it because it was cheap and it was easy to do. Love that for Depression era. So at the time, two Twinkies would cost you a nickel. A nickel? Yo. Yeah. So the little the little package of two would cost you a nickel. You want to talk about Depression era food? That's like, that's a bargain. Two for five. Mm-hmm. Mm. And originally, Twinkies were made with banana filling. Womp, womp. You lost me on that. Until until the shortages from World War II when they switched over to vanilla. Wow. So it was banana for like 12, 15 years, something like that. Interesting. Uh, and, then, oh. and then it got switched to vanilla and it never went back. <laughs> vanilla Twinkie from then on. Uh, they did re-release the vanilla or the, the banana Twinkie limited time and i'll i'll talk a little bit more about just because that kind of ties into where they're at now and kind of like what they've done sure uh since all that stuff but we'll talk about that but yeah they they did actually kind of you know they did some release of that i don't think they necessarily called it like the original banana version i think they were just doing something fun you know what i mean <laughs> um speaking of fun this rolls us into fun Fun Twinkie Moments. I didn't know. Yeah, yeah, that's a new segment of the podcast. Fun Twinkie Moments. Uh, it will reoccur from now on. This, uh, Yeah, there's a couple stories that I, I stumbled upon more than once when I was researching history of the Twinkie. Okay. And I just, at first I wasn't going to put them in because I was like, that's interesting, but whatever. And then I kept seeing them and I was like, okay. I'm going to put them in. Um, So in 1968, Minneapolis City Council George L. Belair was arrested on the accusations that he was bribing senior citizens with Twinkies and other hostess snacks. Spicy. Which, L, as you know, you are not allowed to gift things to potential voters. That is so spicy. (laughs) Twinkies. He was full-blown arrested. He was... He was released he pled not guilty and he wasn't found guilty i guess like you know it was like a slap on the wrist like buddy buddy like you're we're gonna we're gonna take good faith that you knew you weren't doing what you were doing (laughs) foods that have political impacts twinkies (laughs) it's the 60s man we didn't know dude we didn't (laughs) know man yeah, we didn't know. All right? We were just fucking eating Twinkies. I, just, I promise. I just made a bong out of my Twinkies, man. I don't know. That's not the only fun story we have. Yeah? Okay. Uh, this one, Actually, you know what? I'm not going to say this one's fun. Oh, this no. One's okay. Dark. Okay. <laughs> In 1978, a man named Dan White killed San Francisco's mayor, George Moscone, and city supervisor, Harvey Milk. Yeah. And the press labeled his defense... The Twinkie defense. Oh no! Okay. Because he, because he claimed eating sugary junk food like Twinkies caused diminished capacity. Here's the thing. Yo. The jury bought it, and they only convicted him of manslaughter. I just and flew back in my convict, chair. They didn't convict him of murder. That saying he wasn't really responsible for his own actions. <laughs> what? That's the most true crime this podcast would get. <laughs> <laughs> 
who again another political uh like yeah. impact. Um, I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure maintenance phase did an episode on this that I think my brain blanked on. It might have been maintenance phase or it's you're wrong about it. one of the two. It was maintenance phase. Okay, thank you. Yeah. Shout out. So you can actually listen to that full thing on maintenance phase. They go like way more in depth to it. Uh, I totally like spaced that episode in my brain. Yeah. After like reading it for like three times in a row on every fucking article I was reading about Twinkies. I was like, oh yeah. So I decided to include it. Um, Yeah. The city ended up like rioting. I don't know. You can go listen to that episode after you're done listening to this episode obviously obviously yeah, yeah. And enjoy it because it's an interesting story it's it's a wild outcome and it, you know and they're good about like extrapolating on like more grander ideas of how like we thought sugar like you know that whole thing of like sugar's just as addictive as crack and it ruins mm-hmm. your you know what i mean all that shit none of that's true None of it's true. Let me fucking break some food myths real quick. Uh, okay. Sugar doesn't do that. It doesn't. What? So I was told that my entire life. That no, it. my entire yeah. life. Well, you relied. You relied too. Your entire life. Would be I the mean, first yeah, thing. It makes you feel good because it makes you feel good because it's sugar. But to like level it against this, like the, the euphoria that like yeah, that's a ridiculous notion. We should all we should have all been like ah 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 no ah ah to keep my tumble no, I, and shake my finger on no, that. No, I. Now, I know some coke addicts, and they say they feel like Superman on it, and I don't feel like Superman after I eat a ho-ho, okay? (laughs) Maybe a four-year-old does, but no, not I. Yeah. Yeah. Also, even that isn't necessarily true either. Um, I'm pretty sure that sugar also just like, just like it just goes into your body, and that's it. That's it. And it just processes like normal. You get like a little bit of energy, and that's it. Because it's carb. Carbs. Carbs give you energy, so. Um, Thanks, Tim. That was good. But yeah. Yeah, that's that. Uh, In the last snack I want to talk about, like I said, I had a three. So we did the cupcake. We did uh, Twinkies. Uh, And this last one is not going to be as in-depth or as fun as Twinkies, so maybe I should (laughs) have ordered this differently. Yes. But it's the snowball. Oh, my goodness. That pink thing? The snowball. Yes. (laughs) The pink one, the pink yeah, one. and the one that they color, the one they color green for like Halloween and like orange and all that. Yeah, that one. Okay, they do those. They do different colors for. Dude, it I've completely it's, missed it's it. It's just, it's just food dye. It's always so. been. Pink. I'm, okay, <laughs> just kidding. That's fun. Okay, but I know no, okay. it's no, no, it is. Yeah, it's pink like standard. Yes, it's just that like yeah, they do. Yeah, they do white ones and they do uh, green ones and orange Apparently ones I and miss all types this. of different shit. Yeah. Okay, that's fine. Yeah. I know that. Okay, cool. Yeah, so the snowball wasn't released until after World War II due to the rations. That's the fucking the word rations. I was trying that to sounds, remember. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> due to the rations Not production. of sugar. Because uh, if you haven't had a snowball in a while, I will um, remind you what the snowball is. I haven't. What is it? It's actually, I actually think the snowball is a brilliant snack because <laughs> it just kind of reuses assets. <laughs> it's it's amazing. Um, okay. So the cake in the middle of the snowball Good. is just an upside down cupcake. Ooh, delicious! It. Love it. It doesn't have the chocolate. I- it doesn't have the chocolate icing on it. So they they literally take in, in their fucking factories where they're manufacturing the cupcake snack. Uh, there's one line that goes to snowballs, <laughs> and there's another line that goes to cupcakes, and that is it. Yes, okay. I'm already a fan of this So it's literally an inverted cupcake. So if you were to split it in half, it would just be an upside-down cupcake snack, and then it's wrapped in a marshmallow that's coated in coconut, sweetened coconut. Oh. So marshmallow's okay. just pure sugar, so yep. they weren't allowed to, like, 
make it because of pure sugar. Also, a fun fact is that the frosting in the cupcake is also used in the Twinkie and obviously in the Snowball because it's just an upside-down cupcake, as I mentioned <laughs> before. So it's... And also, even though they're not the same company, I'm very convinced it's the same cream that they use in oatmeal cream pies. Ooh. Um, I had an oatmeal cream pie the other day. It's smack. It was great. But remember, we were talking about how some of the like the faux like the 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 make it at your house recipes mm-hmm. are like marshmallow included. Yes. I don't know where the fuck people are getting this from. I ate one, I dissected it, I looked at it, I don't know where they're getting it. Because it, it just it has the same texture, look, and again, as far as taste goes, that's very similar to what you'd find like in the Twinkie or in like cupcake or what uh, any sort of snack like that. I really you know? feel like people see a white fluffy substance on like cookies or desserts and they're like, oh marshmallow yeah it's like, it, no i yeah it didn't have any extra i don't know i don't want to go into a rant about the <laughs> but, but yeah no it just didn't it didn't have any texture of a, a marshmallow so i'm pretty sure everyone's just using that same frosting and that's in every snack cake it's the same white frosting i think that's a fair assessment okay yeah. let's get into the meat of this okay okay the meat okay um the wild financial troubles of hostess so in 2004 interstate baking corporation filed for bankruptcy as i mentioned before in 1995 capital bakery got merged with interstate bakery Mm -hmm. they then just kept operating under interstate bakery corp so in 2004 interstate bakery corp uh filed for bankruptcy after struggling with labor and commodity costs they were in debt to the tune of 450 million dollars whoa what? So they filed for bankruptcy in 2004. Oh my god! Uh, because they were in that much debt, mm-hmm. uh, they blamed it on like labor stuff and commodity stuff. But we'll get into that. In 2009, they come out of bankruptcy. Fuck! Five years later. Okay. Yeah. Now you maybe here's the kicker. I don't know if you remember when Hostess was off the shelves. Uh, it was not a five year period, and it was not in 2004 or 2009. It was in 2012. Um, yeah. <laughs> so, okay, Mandela effect over here. In two in two thousand nine, they came out of bankruptcy as Hostess Brands. Oof, that's okay. their official new name. Okay, technically, they are still Hostess Brands, but for the sake of it, um, we'll call the two thousand nine Hostess Brands OG Hostess. Okay. So anytime you hear me say OG Hostess, I'm talking about the two thousand. Nine to 2012 Hostess brands. Anything after 2012 is just normal ass Hostess brands. Okay. Uh, yeah. It's, Clarification. Appreciate that. It's yeah. So they came out of bankruptcy in 2009. They were OG Hostess. Here's the kicker: <laughs> when you file Chapter 11, you go to you go to a court, <laughs> and every bidding in in any offer that's made to you as a company has to go through the court's decision. Essentially, this that goes on. For five years. I don't know now, but at the time, from 2004 to 2009, it went on for that entire time. I don't know if it still holds the record, but at the time, it was the longest bankruptcy like trial in history. Wow, okay. (laughs) Yeah, so they come out of bankruptcy in 2009 with $670 million in debt now. (laughs) Plus court fees, right? Yeah, like... Yeah. What? Yeah, so they... Yeah, they come out with more debt, and they also come out with like... A lot of caveats, and it was just, it was not good. It was, this, this time is, this was not good. Um, they come out, it's, it's important to note that Interstate Bakeries, uh, they were a public company. Okay. 
after the bankruptcy and they came out as hostess brands, they essentially what happened and the reason why they have more debt is because they just got bought by like equity. Um, they were just like given equity loans and like they were bought by companies essentially. And they, they emerged as private as a private company after that. The plan included a 50% equity stake by Ripplewood Holdings and credit lines from General Electric Capital, same General Electric. Okay. GE, I was wondering. Um, okay. And General Electric Capital Markets. So two different GE divisions. Uh, wow. Okay. Gave them credit lines as an uh, Ripplewood Holdings had a 50% equity stake. As well as Silverpoint Finance and Monarch Master Funding also gave what? them credit lines. Yes. If that doesn't sound like the most backward shit to get out of a bankruptcy, I don't I That don't makes know. no sense, it's, dude. No, it... It's insane. And when I was reading this, I was like, what the fuck? Well, yeah, it was, it was wild. Well, All of that doesn't work out. Shock. As you can guess. Yeah. Turns out that when a company's in debt, they don't change their business model at all. They don't <laughs> do anything at all different. They just get more money from different sources. Oh, wow. What do you know? That doesn't work Unbelievable. out. Unbelievable. So they tried a couple of things, you know, 100 calorie brownies, 100 calorie Twinkie bites, whatever. None of it really works, so they're just, you know, they're losing more money. I didn't know they went down the 100 so calorie these, route. That's actually very funny. Sorry, continue on. So these equity firms are giving hostess money, and this is how their business model works at this time period. They would receive money from these equity firms, and then the f fucking company wouldn't be able, wasn't able to pay those back because they're not changing their business model, so... The reason why they filed bankruptcy in 2004 is the same reason they end up having to file bankruptcy again. What? Because nothing is ha nothing is happening at all. I will also say that at the same time, so also coming out of um, bankruptcy in 2009, they also, the unions made a contract where they would uh, proceed with concessions in exchange for equity in the company. So they would only do, and I, so concessions, I should probably, I don't know if people know what that is, but concessions essentially are like where you give up wage and benefits, mm -hmm. like unions will give up wage and benefits, but they'll do, they'll try and get like a trade off. So in this bankruptcy plan, because again, I like when they went into bankruptcy, they were kind of like struggling with their, uh, their labor costs and things like that. And like not paying union uh, shit. <laughs> yeah. So they, they have a contract that like will exchange concessions for equity in the company that also will not work out <laughs> again, having the equity, uh, firms, all that stuff. None of this ends up going well. What? Yeah. So between 2009 and 2012, hostess doesn't change a fucking thing. <laughs> their factories make like way less, their factories don't make enough treats in general because of just mismanagement essentially. Okay. Yeah. So they have a, t they have a ton of fact at one point a hostess had like, I think it was like 79% of their workforce was unionized. Wow. Um, okay. It was like 19,000. Yeah. It was like 19,000 union, uh, workers wow. at one point, Okay, but they're not really doing anything. They're trying to do like these like 100 calorie things. They're trying to get with the times. We talked a little mm -hmm. bit about mm -hmm. how, you know, snack cakes again, they're just like, they exist and they're going to do well, but you also have to offer your different things. You just, you just have to diversify. You have to tackle these things from different angles. You have to change the way you operate your bakeries and the way that things run. There's also a whole slew of things where they weren't keeping their pricing in line with inflation. Ooh, okay. It's a bunch of stuff, right? Like, just as a business, they were failing. 
and they okay. didn't change yeah. anything when they got out of quote unquote they got out of bankruptcy they didn't change anything they just were doing the same model they did a couple of different things um, interesting that wow. failed ultimately mm-hmm. which means they weren't able to pay those equity firms which means the equity firms are now losing money which is not good so in 2011 OG Hostess was getting ready to file for bankruptcy again very shortly after they got out of bankruptcy. <laughs> They hadn't paid pensions since August that year, Mm. which broke their contracts with the unions. Mm. Spicy. Okay. When they finally did file for bankruptcy, they kind of blamed the unions. Absolutely not. No, they didn't. Oh, that's trifling right there. They were claiming that they were wrecked with too much debt and legacy pension slash medical pay as well as having 19,000 union workers with restrictive working conditions. Nope. So. Wow. I did my due diligence here. I read a shit ton of articles from both sides. Um, so the union, apparently during the union nego- negotiations, it was claimed that the unions were willing to accept pay cuts as long as the pensions remained. But it is said that they were trying to hold on to the restrictive, quote unquote, restrictive working conditions, such as drivers not being able to help load trucks and so on and so forth. Like loading the trucks Mm -hmm. had to be done by like these people and those people weren't allowed to then drive trucks or those people weren't allowed to go work on the bakery line. Union shit. Yeah. (laughs) You know what I mean? Yeah. Stand to your one job. Don't get out of your job. But I will say, and here's the thing. Like I said, I, I read both sides. So there was also, there was also just a lot of mismanagement. I think, and I've mentioned it a little bit already, you're talking about a company that, you know when Diet Coke was made? No, when was Diet Coke made? 1983. Oh, shit. Okay. I didn't know that. You know how many diet, you know how many diet sodas were on the market in 1983? Zero. One. Tab. Tab Cola. So Coca-Cola creates Diet Coke. Diet Coke at one point was the number two most sold soda in the fucking country. Guess what was number one? Coca-Cola? Regular Coca-Cola. Guess what was number three? Ooh, Sprite? Pepsi. Pepsi. Mm. So Coke's biggest competitor, they were outselling not with one soda. Two. But with their diet soda. I mention this not because this is the Coke or Pepsi episode. We'll get get there. Um, (laughs) But because in the 80s, companies were starting to make a shift. They were starting to diversify their products, they were starting to gear up. They were just aware of changes and consumers and just how all that was going to function. And I'm not saying that hostess needed to be on top of their shit in the 80s, but I am saying by the time you got to the, the fucking aughts, yep. that maybe you should have been aware. Like, by the aughts, we've gone through 40 different fucking fad diets. So it's like, at some point, you have to make a change. On top of the fact that, again... I just read a good amount of articles just about sort of that mismanagement Mm -hmm. of, yeah, not diversifying your portfolio in that way, but also, again, not changing your prices as inflation goes up, like not keeping up with that pace, Um, in effectively running your warehouses to where they're not producing a lot. So you have more employees than you're producing. And you can blame the unions for that, but like... Ultimately, you know, uh, I'm pretty sure there are union... Uh, workers in different companies that also manage to be productive and the company still succeeds. So, but yeah, like, so that's kind of how both sides were uh, talked about at the time. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. Like there were articles for both and I read a handful of both. It was, it was interesting to, 
I mean, they were all, they were all a little repetitive, you know. They all kind of sure. hit the same notes, but like it was in a way though. I kind of liked it because I was like, oh, like this was like two hard stances. It that was, was just yeah, like, yeah. Like unions were being a little restrictive; they weren't being as open. And then, uh, or the no, they were just supremely mismanaged. And I can prove that they were mismanaged because the CEO resigned <laughs> <laughs> very shortly, very shortly after the announcement of the bankruptcy in 2011. Oof. Yeah, he resigned. Not a good look. And, yeah, not a good look. And the court discovered that the year prior, Hostess executives received 80% raises. So you're telling me that you can't pay legacy pensions, so the, but they were able to do yeah. 80% raises? Hmm. Yeah, buddy. Come talk to me again about hmm. a mismanaged company. Hmm. Um, yeah. And so this is sort of... Obviously, they get like an acting CEO in place, and he cuts right, everyone's yeah. like he cuts all their wages down to like one dollar. He only takes one dollar for the year, like you know what I mean. Doing the whole oh like, yeah yeah the PR yeah. yeah. It, however, with the CEO stepping down, the negotiations essentially became between a direct line between the equity firms and the equity firms and the unions. So there was not it wasn't the unions talking to the company then talking to equity firms. So that makes it a little bit it better. Was just yeah. A direct, it was a direct line. You would think it makes it better, it didn't. Um oh, damn it, it. essentially the yeah, in 2012 the negotiations failed completely. Oh, I didn't think it was going to just come be completely out of Yeah. Okay. And that is when 19,000 people lost their jobs, the company was fully liquidated and Hostess was taken off the shelves. Holy cow, 19,000 people. That's absurd, yeah. man. And they yeah. couldn't get it done. That's fucked. It, later that year, they were bought by Apollo Global Management and C. Dean Metropolis and Company. Okay. They were bought for $410 million. Wow. Uh, there was bidding on this company. They were, liqu they, they were liquidated. I mean, it was literally like the assets were being bid for. There was different companies trying to take different products, a bunch of stuff. Oh, and wow, man. Okay. essentially, these, these two uh, entities made a venture um, investment together and just bought most of it outright for 410. There's like a few stray things that got away. But like, other than that, I mean, it was pretty much everything that Hostess was during that time. It still is. Yeah, so they secured the brands of OG Hostess. Seven months went by with no Hostess snacks on the shelves. Okay. And then they came back as Hostess brands. Ah. <laughs> yeah. So they were still Hostess brands. They didn't change the name. When I say that they literally acquired them as is, they really did. Like pretty much outright. And they were like, okay, cool. Yeah, we're just going to keep it Hostess brands. We're going to keep all the things and just keep going. However, However, they managed the company differently. Okay. Um, Hostess is not struggling anymore. They're actually a profitable company. Uh, they might have some debt. But uh, as Not far that, as I'm concerned, yeah. they're like, yeah, no, they're profiting. Um, they're making money. They went public during this acquisition. So they're, you know, making money on stock market now. And uh, they just changed the way that they sold things. They use small ad companies. I thought this was interesting. I was kind of looking into what they did. And they use like small ad companies that are really good at just like making viral stuff. Ooh, you know what I mean? Okay. Like it's just... So, like, instead of spending money on these big commercials and all this big stuff, they just kind of use these kind of, you know, grassroots sort of localized Interesting. I didn't know that. Ad okay. stuff. Yeah. That's and clever. it does the job for them. Yeah. One of the early, one of the early things that kind of went viral was deep fried Twinkies. They essentially, one of the, one of the first products that they came out with after the acquisition was deep fried Twinkies. Sold 
in the boxes, like in stores. And yeah, so that kind of went viral and like diversifying their portfolio. And in other, uh, another way that they did it was they just started collaborating with people. Like they collaborated with like a coffee company and you can buy Ooh, okay. Hostess yeah. flavored oh, K-Cups. Yeah, that's right. Can, okay. Yeah. For their 100 year birthday, they released like a bunch of birthday cake editions cool. of all their snacks. Like they did banana Twinkies. They did chocolate Twinkies, chocolate mint Twinkies, strawberry Twinkies. They've done tons of limited edition snacks and just they just manage it differently on that front now on the back end the back end okay tim so they only brought back roughly 25 percent of the jobs previously had 25 percent yeah about 25 percent of the jobs and they're not unionized oh shock (laughs) shock there yeah um they also stopped delivering to small businesses they only distribute to large companies gas wipes. so if you don't have like a certain amount of gas stations or you don't have a certain amount of like grocery stores you do not get hostess treats it saved them money on delivery and they only do third-party delivery now they do not do in-house delivery which is where Come part on. of the jobs got cut because it saves money on gas and vehicle maintenance and all that so they do third-party delivery now That's so sad man yeah <laughs> oh and also they also cut jobs by just making things automated right yeah <laughs> that yeah (laughs) that thing yeah so we live in america so naturally a lot of the story around uh that bankruptcy yeah it was about the unions and how the unions fucked them because you pretty much get told growing up that unions only fuck companies and they don't do anything else and there are downsides to unions but there are uh, a lot of upsides to unions as well so i mean i'm like i'm a pro-union person yeah but also I'm also like more of a pro like co-op person. I'd rather people just kind of like own and operate the thing that they're working at. I think it gives you a much more sense of like ownership Ownership, (laughs) and like responsibility. Yeah. But no, I think unions are also great because you get at least some sort of like, you know, representation for you. Yeah. But yeah, that's, that's fucking hostess. Dude, what? That, I, okay. That's it. That's the hostess, that's the hostess bankruptcy story. That's what happened to them for seven months in 2012 something I wanted to know for years and I finally got to uh, research it and put it down. (laughs) I definitely appreciate that. No, when you had mentioned that we didn't have hostess on the shelves and I was like, oh yeah, I remember that. But then you mentioned the timeline. I said, wait a second, this doesn't make no sense. So thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Hostess is, yeah. yeah, Very interesting history. Yeah. A lot of just buying other companies. (laughs) Just straight acquiring. Yeah. Yeah. One of the yeah, one yeah. of the first companies to just start acquiring other companies and then turn into a conglomerate and then General yeah. Electric, it, yeah, yeah, GE being a fucking like using their two ec- like using two of their equity firms to like go in on Hostess. So like, weird, fucking a. The fact that they got out of bankruptcy with more debt, like more man. debt, no secured, no secured business plan, like shaky union negotiation. Like, and that's how they got out of their 2009 bankruptcy. It's just unreal. Like, as I was reading that, I was like, how? How did that? How? <laughs> and it's like. Yeah, it was wild. Wow, we talk about, like, 2009, that was not a great year for a lot of people. <laughs> no. So. <laughs> no. No, it wasn't. Yeah. Look. It was not. No. That was a tough year, yeah. Wow. Yeah. yeah so. It was, uh, it's fun, though. So, where you at? Where you uh, Oof. Okay. Don't forget that the, we, don't forget at one point. Not only were we a, uh, I don't know what you would call it, but I guess like a, a legal podcast. We are also a true crime podcast at one point yep. during this episode. 
as well as a food history a podcast. A lot of things happen. It was a political I, podcast there yeah. too at one point. Yeah. 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 So we are Oof. really broad strokes uh, for this episode. Yeah. No, I'm I'm trying to do the thing where we're harsh on our scores. Oh, you're right. Right. You're always harsh though. <laughs> um, no. So 15. Your food scores are always lower. <laughs> So we're at 15. Yeah, you're at 15 and out of 22. I do want to bump it up a bit for the broad strokes. Let me bump it up to like 18. Okay, an 18. But uh, then... I know, again... <laughs> oh, yeah, no. But then we, d- we didn't pay the union out, and we blamed it. Oh, damn. We had a mismanagement yeah. of our bankruptcy, which like, okay. And then you, you fucked yeah. it up twice. Okay. And yeah. then we're going to blame people for essentially just getting yeah. what they were promised in the first place as the terms of the agreement for working there um and yeah so i'm like oof i don't know about it so i'm like it goes up but it, it might just it just might just say it at 15 but it did have okay, the potential just, to, just to go up just oh, just split the difference it's gonna it's gonna stay at a 15 stay at a 15 that's disrespectful um <laughs> It went up. So I know that I, uh, the host doesn't typically give their uh, give their numbers, give but I always him. do. Yeah, I always do because I like people to know where I stand as the host, um, which is extremely biased. The hostess with uh, the mostest. Yeah, the hostess, the hostess with the mostest. Um, I was a solid like I was a solid like seventeen for hosts because okay. I'm a big fan. I'm a big fan of Twinkies. <laughs> guy. Yeah, you love Twinkies. And then I ate cupcakes recently and I was kind of surprised. So then I walked away from that experience totally about it. So I was like, yeah, I was like, yeah, you know what? Like hard 17 here. Like this is good. Um, and then I read all the stuff about the unions and just how much they bought things. And I'm not going to lie. It's a pretty dirty history. One thing that sticks out to me the most is the fact that the snowball is just an upside down cupcake. <laughs> I do appreciate their reuse of products. I will give them that. Um, so it, it it's an eighteen for me. At the end, <laughs> I, I, I went up. I went up a point after my research. So I was like, Nah, yeah, this is good. I can go up. One. I mean, if you combine our scores, yeah. it's a pretty good score out of forty four. Yeah, pretty good score out of forty four. You know, it's not low. I just feel a little insulted. I did a lot of work and was expecting at least get a point out of you. But Tim, you, know, you, you got all it's... the points. It's just, it's <laughs> nothing to do with you. I'm disappointed in Hostess brands right now. <laughs> you should still be disappointed in them, even though they're back like full swing. They did a lot of like back end stuff that like, that's the reason why they're back full swing. It's just like automation and, you know, just like all the shit that. Gets rid of workers and makes it a more profitable business. More profitable business, essentially. I don't know. I mean, if that's the that's the conversation that's happening with like the whole with everything like, now, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, with like that sort of like factory warehouse work, right? It's just like we need those jobs back, and it's like okay, well, they're literally trying profits, to find a baby. way to, to automate all of them at this point. Yeah, yeah. it's pretty wild. Um, you know, support your local union and don't kill people after you eat Twinkies. <laughs> Full of sugar, oh, dude. I yeah, that's yeah. that's also wild to me. Don't, yeah, don't kill people after eating Twinkies. That's the end of the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the end of the show. The uh, that was that was where does food um, hostess? Where does hostess? That was it. Uh, we appreciate you stopping by. You like that music at the top? It was you pretty like sick. The music at the end. It was pretty Do you sick. You like our stingers? Yeah. That's done by my bud uh, Austin Martin. <laughs> All right, he did it. You can check him out on uh, what is it's iTunes and Spotify. iTunes, yes. 
Apple Music now. Yes, I almost. Oh, it's Apple Music. It is Apple Music. But it's sorry. See, this is no because they're they're bullshit. You guys know where to find them on Apple. Find them on Spotify. Apple Podcast under Meridian Sky. Podcast, yeah, Apple find them on Apple Podcast. Yeah, uh, Meridian Sky is the name. Uh, it'll be in the description of the episode. You can also follow us at Where Does Food on Twitter. You can also follow me at Tim Weehunt on Twitter. You can follow L at L Chapo three underscores uh, between L and Chapo. Also on Twitter. Thank you. Also on Twitter. Yeah, so you can follow us all on on Twitter again. All that's going to be in the description notes, uh, the, the description as well. So you can find it, click on it, find us. You can follow us, engage with us, talk Thanks, about too. food with us. Yeah, and what you know, just throw some throw some foods at us, and, yes. and we'll get to them at some point. You know. Sure, why not? That's kind of the point of this thing is to just talk about food and everything food adjacent at this point. The show is really turning into just (laughs) food adjacent history. (laughs) This whole episode is about unions and bankruptcy. It's part of the story, Tim. (laughs) I don't have to tell you. It's part of the story. It's part of hostess. I don't tell you guys. They got a rich history with it. I don't know. (laughs) Recent history. And also, you can uh, check out the podcast, more of the podcast, uh, wherever you listen to podcasts. So Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. We're out there. You can find it. You can go to home base, which is anchor.fm forward slash where dash 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 food. If you go there, you'll see a, a supporter button and you can buy us a coffee. That'd be cool. uh, we don't do like anything special for that. It is literally just a donation button. You can donate for you know, one time. You can donate multiple All times. Time. doesn't matter. I, I keep, I, I've said it for the last like few. Trust me, there is bonus stuff in the works. It just takes time and energy and effort as well as doing the main podcast and life. life. So we do, uh, again, we, we do bonus stuff and we want to drop some of that stuff and maybe get more consistent with it, but no promises. <laughs> Definitely no promises on that. I, man, I don't know if I have anything else to say. I think you've hit all of it. You hit the socials. You hit the plugs. Guys, check out the rest of the back catalog. We've got some awesome episodes. Uh, check out Elle's episode. She's a better researcher mm. and presenter than I am. Team effort. I'm an idiot. So I'm good at just being an idiot. Uh, so go check out all those. Um, either way, we'll see ya.